Hi, everyone. I'm Shayna Black, and I want to tell you about my new podcast called Featuring. Featuring what? Featuring you, of course. In each episode, I'll be featuring a very cool person who has a very cool hobby, a very cool business, or is just doing very cool things. So stay tuned for Featuring, available on Spotify, Anchor, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. I am your host Shayna Black and today I have with me one of our Monday motivators, Danielle Graham of Rooted Blossoms. Yay. Welcome to the show. Thank you, thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to sit down with you and we're going to keep this in the show limits. Like we can sit down and talk forever Yes. and start like <laughs> vibing and sending out good energy and, and I hope this show is a good energy show and so... I asked you to come on because you, every Monday that newsletter kicks off and you have a great meditation tip for us. How did you get started with this practice? You know, it started for me probably, I would say, about 10 years ago, but it was never formally meditation. I think we all intuitively do it in our own way. And so for me, it was about getting up in the morning and just having that quiet time. And that began to develop into... Um, prayer. And then from there, really the seated meditation practice. And then from there, knowing that meditation is basically, it can be a lot of different things. And so I just love it. I love being able to sit still. And more importantly, the guided meditation that allows me to be mindful. And so just wanting to offer that because I love it. It has been my saving grace on a lot of different things, a lot of different seasons in my life, even today. Love it, love it, love it. Cool. So I heard you say, you know, you use your meditation time and prayer. And I know sometimes in our community, you know, meditation is seen as sacrilegious or it's not with prayer. So how do people start that practice or what is meditation so that we can kind of debunk that myth? So it's so funny that you ask that because the word meditate is actually used in the Bible, right? Meditating on the word. So it's a matter of taking focus off of your thoughts and putting it on a center of attention. So that's what we do when we pray. Right. We are, we are praying. We are taking attention off of what we are concerned about. We are taking um, attention off of what we're worried about. We're taking attention off of what even what we're praising, and we're sending those prayers to whoever we pray to, right? And so the idea is meditation is the same concept. So you are taking your thoughts and you're focusing on the breath, allowing yourself space to be able to process. Same thing with prayer, right? Right. So the idea is taking your thoughts away from what is concerning you or what's in your heart and allowing space to process. And the idea is that with meditation, it allows you to hear. So prayer is that you're talking and you're sending out. Same thing with meditation, but yet you allow for space to hear. To receive. From your heart. Exactly, to receive. I always say a lot of folks, you know, we are always taught it's better to give than receive. And some people don't receive. Um, But it's also... How do you receive? And and you can't keep giving if you don't receive it. It it wears you out. And particularly with prayer and meditation, it's very important that we receive because if we're always giving or if we're always putting out, we never know where we need to be. 
So you, you really need to be able to receive, to be able to hear that inner voice, wherever you want to call it, spirit, whatever you want to call it. It's important that you hear that inner voice so that we know how to navigate and move through life and move through the seasons. of Moving forward with moving through the seasons, you know, you kick off our Mondays and it was important to me to have something for people to wake up to. And you were my first call, like, hey, do you want to do this? Because, Which I want to thank you for. Oh, you're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> because I kept thinking about, it is stressful. We were at the time in reopen. Some folks were starting to have to go back to work. And, and Sunday syndrome is real. It is so real. Even so, before the pandemic. Absolutely. Yeah. And and even in the pandemic, like Mondays, you know, first of all, you got to realize it's a Monday. It's just so much going on. And so that's why I, I asked you um, to come on board with this this process here, like for our folks that follow you, what is your hope out of this? You know, you, you give us some amazing meditations. Like what is that? I know what my hope is for the readers that listen. Do you have a hope or do you have a way of hoping? Do you have a hope for reaching people? Yes. So at the heart of what I do, it's about ministry and it's about service. And it is from experience. And what I know to be true are these practices, practices of stillness, which includes meditation. It doesn't necessarily take away the circumstances, but it allows for you to have a different perspective. Like I said before, it gives you process. It gives you space first to process. We don't give ourselves time to process. We're in this kind of like robotic mode of we got to go from here, from point A to point B to point C. We don't give ourselves space to process, which will, if we do, give us even more insight as to how we get to point A to point B, even if we need to, and Mm -hmm. even ask if we need to go to point B. Mm -hmm. We may need to go to point C before we go to point B. Or be still. Exactly. (laughs) And so my hope through Monday Motivations and anything that Ruta Blossoms does is creating space for yourself to be able to connect and commune with yourself. And that's ultimately what the goal is for Monday Motivation, for anything that Ruta Blossoms does. Space to be able to pause through practices of stillness, including meditation, to be able to connect and commune with yourself. There's a favorite quote that I have Um, Nahar Waheed, and she says this, the most important relationship is the relationship that you have with yourself. And that's the essence of what Ruta Blossoms is all about, creating spaces for people to have relationship with themselves. Do you think that people find that hard to do? Absolutely. It's hard (laughs) for me. (laughs) I mean, being in relationship is hard. My mentor, Dr. Parker, um, told me a long time ago, in order to, when you're in authentic relationship with people or even with yourself, you're going to get it wrong. It's going to be hard. You're going to want to give up or what have you. But when you're in authentic relationship, at the other side is the most sweetest thing. When you get into that sweet spot of really understanding yourself, really being aware and being able to make intentional steps and decisions in your life based on the fact that you know who you are. You know your value. You know your worth. You see, you hear, and you value yourself. You said something, and it started me thinking about, like, just the idea of relationships. And I guess the question is, if you're not 
a meditative person. I'm assuming you said you've been meditating for since birth, but or not birth since, since you were a little kid since forever. And, you know, I've never thought about meditation until like we started talking about the word self care meditation, what have you, but you know, we've all probably practiced meditation in some form of another, Yes. but in this idea of, of, having relation with self and knowing thyself. I think I'm going down the road of if you're someone who's not into meditation or not working on the relationship you have with yourself, healing Mm -hmm. all the traumas, the microaggressions, going through all the things we go through, especially just even as, as women as a whole, but as a black woman, Mm -hmm. you know, how does that, or, like, is that the first step? Because, you know, before right. I decide, oh, I want to get married and get this right. husband right. or, or you know, whatever you're, whoever you're dating, um, or I'm going to be a good mom. But if I haven't healed is my thought, right. like, is that where the work, should the work start there? So, I know, you know you're not a therapist, but that's no, just no, the thought. No, 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 no. The, the answer would be yes, but that's not always easy. Right. Okay. Um, healing has no uh, book that you can refer to, and it's not linear. Okay, so we have to get out of this concept that if I do step one, then that will take me to step two. Healing is not linear. It's cyclical. And we can be going in circles, in the same circle for a while, or we'll feel like we're out of that circle and we have to come, we come back right. to it. So, so it is very different for all of us. I truly believe that um, when we're in the healing process, um, something will call us to where we it, it'll draw our attention. And that looks very different for us. It could be relationship with self. It could be relationship with another person. It could be being on, in a toxic environment on the job. That's p- portion. That's a portion of healing. So it comes in different ways. And that's where you start. You start where you're at. And so... In terms of folding in the practice of meditation, if you will, it may not be meditation. It may be the fact that you just sit still and just ask the question, who am I? Why am I here? It starts first with asking the question. It starts with the agitation. Mm -hmm. You get fed up, right? Right. You get totally fed up. That's part of healing because you realize something's got to change. So what is that change? And the healing begins is when you start to do that deep dive. You start asking the questions. And then you start taking the steps to be able to answer those questions. And it may may be very subtle. So I'll give you an example. If I'll take the workplace because Mm -hmm. we, you know, uh, that's usually where it's going in terms of we got to get up. If you know that you get the Monday blues, which is a real thing, Mm -hmm. right? You start doing that. So what is it that you can do to give you space to minimize some of that blues? Is it possibly getting up earlier just to get yourself mentally ready to be able to go in? What do you do in your car when you're in preparation to go? Are you taking your breaks and your lunches, meaning are you physically leaving the place? Okay. How are you maintaining your energy there? So this past Monday, we did a uh, meditation on grounding. Mm -hmm. And when you get that email that takes you from zero to 100, Mm -hmm. right, 
the idea is what can you do right then and there to just kind of ground yourself? Mm -hmm. Do you absolutely have to respond to the email at that particular time or do you have time to process it? So how do you ground? I can be looking at you and I can just take in, okay, there's five things that I can look at. Let me just look at them quickly. There are four things that I can hear. Let me just hear that quickly. Before I even respond to you, Mm -hmm. there are three things that I can do in terms of smelling. Mm -hmm. There's two things that I can actually feel. I can feel my desk, and then I can take a breath. You can do that quickly, and nobody needs to know. Then you decide, do I need to respond or do I need to step away? That's how you begin to heal. And as you continue to do that, then it begins to unfold. So I'm going to talk about unfolding in a second, but the idea of the five, four, three, two, one, like the grounding, like that was key for me. Um, but before I could even get to that, I had to insert the word pause. Right. Because I've actually done that where I've gotten that email, maybe from the coworker or the person in the building down the hall. And before I could even like, I, I think I was on the phone with somebody like, Oh, that's it. And I was down the, I was in right. the office. Like, um, because I didn't take the second, like pause, hold up. Cause I can't even ground without the trigger to be like, you have right. been triggered. Like, I think a lot of us don't. Right. And the, the other thing that was key for me, there's everything that you just mentioned was key to me during my, my workplace journey. And even as my current journey, like I stopped listening to morning radio. Like I listen to books. I listen to, I can have a good morning playlist of happy music or spiritual music. I just like the traffic is what the traffic is. I'm not going to reroute my whole drive. And it was in that time that I started making sure that like, I don't take calls while I drive. Right. There's no one that has anything to say to me while I'm driving down here into the office in the morning. Like, no, you got to wait. And just putting those boundaries up. And I remember one morning I'm driving to the office and there was a lady that's like in the street right at where like Carnegie, Cedar Hill, like all the hill, you know, everything comes together. Mm -hmm. And she's like in the street. I'm like, why is this lady in the street? And she's arguing with this dude, right? So I guess she's getting out of the car and she's getting like the baby out the car or what have you. But I'm like, it's 8.30 and you're already that angry. Like, that's to me like a whole danger thing. Or, you know, like, and I don't know what the argument was about, but no one should trigger you first thing in the morning. That's my soapbox. But, you know, just taking care of that morning space of I'm going to have my coffee or tea. I'm going to, like, if it don't, like, we're just not going to start the day till I'm ready as much as possible. But I want to get to the question of, so thank you for that, but I want to get to the question of the word unfolding. Right. Because... From what I see, everyone that I know that's in the meditation, yoga type space, oh, I'm going to unfold. Talk to me about what unfolding is, means, how do I know if I'm unfolding? Like, what is unfolding? So, it means a lot of different things. I can tell you what it means to me, and we can talk more about that. It means that we are constantly... And change can be very um, scary. But we are. We're going deeper. There is a sense of change. There is a sense of more awareness, if you will. So we are not the same person today as we were two days ago because we've had more experience. Mm -hmm. Some of it has been the same. Some of it has been very different. We've responded to those experience is very different. 
So when I say unfolding, for me, it's a deeper awareness. It's a, it's more removal of layering to where I am more my authentic self. And that's what it means. Also, in terms of time, time will unfold as it should. It's going to happen as it should. So I would say that's what I mean in terms of unfolding, in terms of how I would define it. My thoughts are also, I'm taking my hands off of the situation. Yes. And even with the two days later, the understanding that I made some subconscious decisions, like maybe it's, that's it, I'm never talking to that person again. I didn't tell them that, but I made the decision in my head, like, we're not doing this again, or um, I'm not going out with them, or whatever that is. And so... I like the idea that realizing and acknowledging that every day we are now a new person because a lot of I've ha- talked to people that are um, like afraid of change. Mm-hmm. They will not change. But within that, you know, every day you're still making a conscious decision to not change, which is changing you, you know, in the doubling down of that. And so I just wanted to make sure we touched on that because sometimes for some and even maybe before I started the journey that I'm on, it was, oh, no, I'm not that warm and fuzzy, meditate and breathe. Like, no, girl, like, that's whatever. And so as I go through this journey, like, absolutely, it's it's probably the self-care and the the, the releasing of things is, I would say, saving my life and and making me a better person. You look like you want to say something, but I I think that's so important. No, and you're absolutely right. And I want to take out this misnomer of of meditation and yoga as if we're running around here all like zen-like or what have you. That's not the case. <laughs> a lot of what we do on the mat, and, and we all have our practices, and I want to say this, meditation, we're putting a term to it. If I were to talk to every single person, I probably could point out how you meditate. Nice. I could probably point out how you meditate. So meditation, let's let's go down that. Yeah. <laughs> when many people think of meditation, they think, you know, sitting on the, the floor or the pillow. Practice. Excuse me, with the um your legs crossed. Right. And your, you know, right. finger position and, you know, just going ohm. Like right. that was the image. Even right. for me a few years ago, like, mm, okay, you mm-hmm. know. Then it's you just quiet your mind. And we've had a conversation recently because I was reading a book that even within that depending on the type of personality you have, your meditation looks different. Yes. You know, we're not all going to sit by the waterfall and, you know, Correct. and our, you know, our jogger pants. And so what, so tell me about that. Like what's the position or what's the, the so, misnomer or, or let's right. unpack what it should look like or can look like. So it, it looks like many different things. Um, according to me. Okay. So we all have our opinion or what have you. So I'm going to state mine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, most people are very familiar and they become intimidated by the fact that meditation is a seated practice, right? And there's value to the seated practice. Mm-hmm. And we can go on in terms of the seated practice. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, seated closer to the ground. It can be in a chair. Um, you don't have to have your legs crossed. Your legs can be extended or what have you. So there is the seated practice. There's also the practice of laying down. There's also more active meditative type of practices, People meditate through gardening. People meditate through um, working out. People meditate through cooking. People meditate creatively. The idea is that, and we use this term of householders, meditation um, 
in terms of the traditional sense has been uh, equated to someone that goes off and like you said, they're seated, they're doing um or what have you. Most people don't have time for that. We're householders. Mm -hmm. We are taking care of, we're doing life, right? right? So the idea of meditation, um, even if you were just to get quiet, just sit in your chair and be quiet. That's a, that's a form of meditation. It's silent. That's all it is. Catching your breath. Taking right? your breath. Right, right. Catching your breath, taking a breath, um, daydreaming, looking out the window, right? I love that. I think that. daydreaming is so yes, underestimated. In, yes. Or I wonder if... As kids, someone told us to stop. Of course they did, because we had all these activities that we had to do. Oh, stop that. You got to go do this. Right. Or just, you know, yeah. dreaming big. You yes. know, you're not going to do all yes. that. And, and daydreaming is so important. Having the time to be able just to look up in the sky, that's a form of meditation. I know people that like to sit on their porch and rock back and forth in their favorite chair or what have you and just be still. Mm-hmm. You know, just that's thoughts flow, right. reminisce, whatever that's that, a form of meditation. So meditation is very accessible to all of us. And I want to say this because some of us don't have the luxury of being able to have a morning where we can have our cup of coffee or what have you. And I don't want that to I don't want that to exclude anyone. Sometimes it's just a matter of being in the bathroom, closing the door and having being mindful of the five minutes that you have in terms of brushing your teeth or taking that shower. You know what mine are even shorter moments that I realized I enjoy that moment when I am rushing about the house, but I can take a moment and realize, wow, my house is quiet. Mm -hmm. Both my kids are here safe. They're still asleep. Like, and it's that moment, like just that thought of mindfulness. Yeah. Like, yes, we're all together. Everyone's safe. Right. And it's quiet. Like, no one's asking. Like, I'm celebrating. No one's asking me anything right now because they're still sleeping. And you're very present in that moment. You're not rushing to get to the next moment. And it's a, a short thought. Exactly. And so I think, what, like, in my journey, and this is kind of why I, I always like talking to you, because my meditative journey has been the, I'm not going to sit there crisscross and, mm-hmm. like, I can't focus sitting on the floor, you know, my mind wanders, I fall asleep, all those things. But now being able to put those practices in, even for a moment, so, like, in between meetings. Right. I was the person, when I had the job I hated, that I would go sit in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter hit me, a teenager, my teenage daughter hit me to, she'll listen to the classical music station, even for a few minutes. And so, it's in the sitting of the car that um, gives me that release. And I hated that job, and I didn't have anywhere to go, but I would just sit in the car for 15 minutes or listen to a scripture or a yeah. YouTube and and the idea of daydreaming, I, like that to me, I would have never thought as that's a time waster. That's what I was taught. You don't have time to be daydreaming. We're, we that's were a time all waster. Taught that we were all taught that in terms of it being a time waster. You're never gonna do that. Why right. should you focus on that? Like I can hear and feel that. Right. That, you know, I haven't heard the word daydream in a long time. Right. And that leads me to the other topic that I'm so passionate about, and this and that's the idea of rest. And that is a form of rest. And particularly now, during uh, we are still in a pandemic, it is so important for us to um, invoke 
and bring in what rest is for us. And it looks very different for all of us. We have a very different relationship with rest. And rest is not necessarily sleep. Okay, that's what I was going to ask. Okay, rest is not necessarily sleep. But rest is a pause, like you said before, a stop, an intentional stop from this continuation of moving forward and doing and doing and doing and doing. I always encourage people that come to me and they're like, I don't know how to rest. I just say, just start with a minute, maybe even three minutes of just sitting still, not doing anything, not meditating, not moving. You may have a glass of tea or whatever your preferred beverage is, but just sitting still, whether that be in the car, Mm -hmm. whether that be on the side of your bed before you get up and start doing something in the morning, just be still, just be still. So as you say that I'm having flashbacks, I totally agree, but I'm having flashbacks of being a little kid and adults saying be still Mm -hmm. and your be still does not sound like my mom, grandma, (laughs) elders be still. Right. Right. And so I think those words, like to me, it almost was like a, 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 a underlying trigger, like be still. OK. Right. Like, sorry, Grandma. Like, go yes. sit it's, it's basically right. My mind will take it as go sit down somewhere. But that's not the same as being still, because no. I know in being still, you can have that moment of rest right. at a stoplight right. Turn off the radio. Right. Just sit. Right. And I, I think. Once you start the practice, from my experience, it gets easier to implement more often. Right. Would you agree with that? I would agree. And it starts very subtly and small, right? Um, And you celebrate that. You know, people think that you have to go off to a retreat or what have you. No, not necessarily. Commune with Um, the woods. Right, and all of that. No, you don't necessarily have to do that. You know, it's a process. It's a relationship, and it's a practice. Right. And I want to acknowledge, first of all, I want to acknowledge that because when we talk about accessibility, we got to talk about the triggers. And it's interesting that you said be still because you're right. For a lot of us, we have the connotation in terms of be still, you can't move, which leads me to another doing. Right. Exactly. Which leads me to another part of the trauma that we have is because of that. You know, you have to be a certain way right? Mm -hmm. Be seen, but not heard, right? Right. This whole, this whole idea of that. And so that's why it's important to have the movement of the body. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about yoga, but there's a whole idea of somatic movement, moving like you want to and things like that. So that's also important, which is a whole nother discussion or what have you. (laughs) That's a whole nother discussion. (laughs) But for those that will be listening, understand that that's a real thing those triggers and that's part of the healing and knowing. And, and, and I, I thank you for saying that because the awareness of that, right. The awareness of that and then being able to vocalize it and then understand that I have worked through it and I continue to work through it. And this is how I do that. That's the healing. That's the healing right there. That's the healing. And I think flipping it over as a mom, like, we all know the five, six-year-old that's kind of wiggly, squirmy, right. right? And so just as you just said, the movement of the body, they're not necessarily in control of that. They just are kind of, I call it all over the place. Right. They're just kind of like, and that's, as an adult, we're more likely to get unnerved by that and, and snap at that kid and say, stop doing that. 
can't you be still, you know? And so I think even as parents or aunties or caregivers to also think about that as we speak that on, because it's so often, even as we try to take care of ourselves, we have to do it on both fronts. So as we're taking care and trying to unpack our healing and where we need to be healed, we also have to be very careful to not be inflicting it and going back to the old way. So then the five-year-old is bouncing around and you're like, be still. Right. And we just know, we just don't, you know, but then we don't want to, but then I should be still like, we got to do something there. And the, the other thing that, that it could be, and since you said flip it, could it be that we could move with our children too and sink Mm -hmm. our breath with that? So it could be that we may see our five or six year old, 10 year old, 11 year old, whoever it is. The idea is here we go. We have an opportunity potentially being in the right space at the right time to connect with another soul being, because we have to understand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they come through us. Right. They are not us. Right. And so the idea of being able to connect with them in that way, and they're like, okay, if you want to move, let's move together and let's just sink our breath or let's just make an audible sigh or hum, get it out. Maybe like for a minute or two. See what happens. Mm-hmm. Even imitate and move with exactly. them. Exactly. Exactly. that. And let's, and, and let's just see what happens. Let's see how you feel. And then talk about how you feel after that. You're saying a lot. I am. <laughs> that I can, I can hear the traumatic echoes of hurt community members. Yes. Like, even as you say that, I can hear the, yeah, but, you know. And that's talk okay. about, you know, but within that, I say that to say, like to identify that there's a trigger there. Yes. Like learning to identify that something has triggered you is right. to me a key piece in all of this. So like, yeah, but ask them how I feel. Like we don't talk about like now we're going right. down a whole nother rabbit hole about, you know, how do you feel about th- right. I'm not that type of parent or whatever that is. So I, th- I thank you for this conversation, right? Piece of the conversation, because it does touch on a lot of spaces and I think it also bridges some places or identifies some spaces for, that we still, as a community or individually, have yeah. to do some work. And you're talking my language because that's my other, that's my other passion. And so let's head down that route. <laughs> like, we know what self-care is. And so earlier you mentioned community care. Yes. What is that or who is my community? So when we think about community, I think our first community are the people around us right? Our, our friends, our family, um, those that we consider friends and family, um, those that we feel safe with or what have you. Those are, those, it, that's what first comes to mind when people think of community. But then outside of that, it's the houses, it's the families within neighborhoods. And then from the neighborhoods, it's the neighborhoods within the cities, right? And then the cities within the states. So when we talk about community care, that's what we're talking about. And it's important. Community care is individual care. Tell me more. What I mean by that is that a community is only as healthy as the individuals being in that community. And so it is important that we understand that healing does not take place in a silo. We are all responsible for each other, ultimately. We are tied to each other. Um, And so I think that now that we are 
in the midst of what has been going on for quite some time, quite some time in terms of systematic racism and and all that has gone um, on with that in terms of the lynchings that we've seen, mm-hmm. um, that we know about historically, but now that we have these cameras and things like that, we actually see these lynchings, right? right? The idea is that we are all responsible for each other. There's a term called sambano. And it's the idea of understanding that I see you, you see me, and not just in the physical sense, but in the spiritual sense or what have you. And there's a sense of community there. And until we recognize that, until we understand that, yeah, we can heal, we can take, but it's collectively that we do the healing. It's collectively that we're able to uh, address all of this trauma. We have to do our individual work. I'm not saying that we don't, but it's collectively together that as we do our individual work, we are able to tend to our community. And that's when you begin to see the shift and the change for our babies. So when you first started this piece of the conversation, the one thing I kept thinking about was like an actual neighborhood Mm -hmm. and how many times I've heard people or I've thought like, oh, my neighbors are just blah. But, you know, those neighbors that we want to scapegoat or we want to give them a reason, like, oh, they're just hood or they Mm -hmm. just, they could do better. Or I've heard people like, oh, they must be on, like, welfare. I don't know if they're on welfare, but whatever that is. We make these assumptions about our neighbors, but it doesn't matter how nice my yard is if my neighbors aren't healed or they're going through some brokenness. Like, that doesn't just stop in their driveway. It does not. And so I, I get exactly what you're saying. I've never heard it explained that way of coming at it from a community healing. It's always been, let's us all be individual and they need to go ahead and, and heal themselves too because they messing up my yard. And, and it's, you know, I think as people, and I know we do well, usually in this country, we do well coming together when we need to come together. Mm-hmm. Even in our, you know, something's happening, like the world will come together because this is like outrageous. And so we know that we are, we are tied into that soul piece. Uh, we don't want our brothers and sisters to go through harm. You know, no matter what happened to that neighbor right. that you were like, mm, too bad for them, all of a sudden you're like, oh, my gosh, that's so bad. I, I, I want to help them. Or, like, your neighbor's power is out, like, you need some chicken or whatever that is. Right. And so it shows that we, we have that connection. But the, the work and the idea of community care, I think, I guess the question is whose responsibility is that? It's all our responsibility. So, and I I asked that question because sometimes it looks like, well, we need a street captain to get this together. Yeah, it's it's all our responsibility. And it starts with very subtle things that you talked about in terms of checking in with your neighbor. It's making sure that, you know, um, looking out if your neighbor comes home late, making sure that they get in the house okay, Mm -hmm. right? It starts with those practices. And then eventually, you know, that's one of the things that I hate about the fact that we don't have porches because, you know, people used to be on their porch and be able to have, you know, hey, (laughs) be able to do that. You know, now we don't have porches. But the idea, it starts with that. And then it starts with, you know, um, the fact that if you have a neighbor that something happens, what do you do? Or even just speaking to the neighbors. Exactly. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I, I you know, to both of mine, and they're shocked yeah. some days. Like, good morning. Speaking? Now, I have been fortunate. We are fortunate to have some very good neighbors. I mean, our neighbor will uh, 
get our garbage cans nice. and put them back, you know, and stuff like that. So we, so there's a sense of community there, but we're all responsible. And some of us don't know how, and that's okay. Right. But for those of us that do have a sense of community, it's our responsibility to, if you will, to take the lead, but not to continue to take the lead. Right. We got to bring to be the example. Exactly. We got to bring people along, and it starts by the little things, and then from there, let's talk about the healing, the conversations, the practices together, Mm -hmm. and things like that. And so so I moved a few years ago from a neighborhood that had a good community. Whereas the neighbor would call and say, hey, I'll be out of town. Can you grab my right. mail if I have a package? Right. Or, you know, like they would even give like our family the key to make sure like the cat got food or whatever. Right. Like, right. right. And so there were certain practices of that neighborhood. And then when I moved, the new neighborhood was definitely not that. Right. And, you know, first thing is you conform to the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, no, we had a good practice. Like we turned our street light on at night because everybody had their street light out at night. And, you know, where in our neighborhood, you don't turn your street light on when someone's coming over, you know. And so it was that idea of how do I bring that with me because I've seen what's mm-hmm. successful. I know what a good neighborhood looks like or a great neighbor looks mm-hmm. like. And so I think, you know, part of that is where the neighbors didn't speak to the people that lived from, but I would always just, good morning. Y'all good when, like, the storms, y'all good? Y'all need anything? No. And eventually most people will respond. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, oh, okay, so this is how we do it. Right. You know, this is people this want is how that. we do it. They do. And we're designed for that. We are not designed to be uh, in these silos. We are not. Inherently, our soul is. That's why the pandemic has been such a toll because of isolation, because this idea of social, they call it social, social distancing. distancing. Even the term of that, we're not designed that way. We are not designed that way. Our communities do look different. They're not all homogeneous looking the same way, and they shouldn't be. Because that's where diversity and the beauty of the interwoven diversity is key to who we are as humans, Mm -hmm. human beings, right? But we're not designed to be that way. And that's why it's important that that we do this. And I always say this, what is right in us is already there. It's always been there. It's always been there. We've lost our way or we've forgotten, but it's already there. So it's our responsibility. And this is why it's so important for our elders to be part of this. Don't Mm -hmm. dismiss them Mm -hmm. because they remind us. They remind us of what it is. They teach us. This idea of passing down this legacy or what have you. And I'm not saying that they were perfect. And I'm not saying that they did everything right. And I'm not saying that they don't bring stuff. They right. do. <laughs> they do. They do. But but they give us a framework. Of and what that's came what before. right. And that's what community care is. And we need a framework. We have a framework of what community care is, what it is to take care of each other, to tend to each other. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to, like, the question is, it was almost a chicken and the egg, what comes first, self-care, community care, but kind of both, whichever one you can do. Right. Like, if you can check on your neighbor. Right. And, and again, we can't do everything at the same time. Right. What will call you will call you. Okay. And that's what you're supposed to do. You're right. 
I always say if you have the someone should do. Yes. The answer is you. You. You are the someone. You are the someone. No one else got that. Yeah, and, no one else and, got that memo. And everybody has a different calling. Right. It, we call it dharma. Everybody mm-hmm. has a different purpose or what have you. So if you do your if you do you, your purpose really doing the work to understand what that is and you honor that, you're obedient to that. You answer that call. And I do the same. Mm-hmm. Then the self care, the community care, is kind of interwoven. They're 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 both one and the same. So I think that's a full circle term back to the meditation because you can't hear the message Correct. if you don't unplug. Correct. I call it unplugging. It is. You know, all the distractions, everything, everything, all the different voices, all of that. Sit quiet so that you know what your voice is. And sometimes that's the pause. Like I can't right. think. Stop. Right. Like, everybody get out. I'm putting my head down. Just like a little kid, like I'm putting my head down for five minutes. And I'll set a phone timer because I know that I'm missing a message. Like, I have all these pieces, but nothing seems to be right. Something's wrong. Right. Be quiet. Right. And that's how I, that's my processing through it. Just because of the journey that and I'm Shana, discovering. That, that is meditation, dear. Right. I mean, yes, I'm learning that as well. That's meditation. So for our listeners, and thank you all for continuing this conversation, you know, we've covered how to start, just unplugging, being quiet, finding those moments. Yes. Um, we talked about community care, which I am super excited about. We've talked about meditation. How can people work with you? Like, I, I will call you and be like, you've got to help me. I don't, I'm not Zen today. <laughs> but everyone can't do that. So, like, what are, tell me about Rooted Blossoms and yes. how people can work with you or support so, your work. So Rooted Blossoms is a private practice that specializes in practices of stillness, mainly meditation, restorative yoga, yoga nidra, which is also a form of uh, meditation, Mm -hmm. um, and would love to talk more about that, um, and contemplative uh, reflection of what that is. And so they can, um, people can work with me in the sense of one-on-ones. I do Mm -hmm. one-on-ones. I'll be starting group classes. I am in the process of getting my certification as a yoga therapist, which I'm very, (laughs) so yeah. So a yoga therapist is one that actually works with whether it be one-on-one or groups of people, particularly around certain things that they want to work on. So it could be someone that is going that's has cancer or has had a heart attack or what have you that's recouping from an illness or going through an illness and we use four areas within yoga therapy. We use asana which it poses. We utilize meditation. We also utilize yoga philosophy. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my teacher is going to get me. Oh my goodness. The fourth one. Oh, no. uh, it'll come. It'll, yeah, come, it'll come to me. Okay. <laughs> so it's it'll not like to, it's to not me. like therapy. Therapy. It's it's actually like so we do we we don't do talk therapy. That is not within our scope of services. Mm-hmm. However, we do work with integrative teams. Um, right now, I'm on two integrative teams that um, involve mental health professionals mm-hmm. as it relates to clients. And so, um, whereas they are primarily talk therapy, that's what they do. Um, through the laws in terms of HIPAA and stuff like that, in order to assist the client, we utilize asana, we utilize the skills of yoga therapy to help come alongside with that talk therapy. Okay. 
Now, if someone is just looking to also go deeper in their practices or to learn more, I also do that as well. That's that's what I do as in terms of the yoga therapy. And probably more than anything, that's that's mainly what I do in terms of that. We also work with integrative teams, or I work with integrative teams. I'm okay. saying us, but what have you. The, so. the company. Yes. Us, the company. <laughs> the company. Of the you. company. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So so um, you, you also have another project. Yes. You want to talk about that a little bit? We got a little time, so let's, like, I don't want to forget <laughs> all the amazing things you do since I have you on the show today. So, um, you're talking about the community care or which one? Okay. Or oh, which one? You see that? <laughs> so there now, are two. I was thinking about um, the expression, the word expression. Oh, a word expression. Yes. So, um, yes. Wow. Thank you, Shana. <laughs> so a word expression. I do believe in the power of the voice. I do believe that that is um part of my calling in terms of the voice. And that's why I love doing guided meditations. But I also am a lover of words, particularly poetry and things like that. And I love um, audio narration. I love the idea of reading poetry or e- even not just poetry. I mean, just works, works, written mm-hmm. works. Um, so Love, 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 being able to do that, to express myself through that. Um, Love talking to poets about their work and things like that. So, um, yes, a word expression. Yes. And I have a podcast for that um, to where I do readings um, and um, just love it. I love it. I love the idea of using the voice to help people heal, to help people relax, um, to help people go deeper. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this story. Um, you came and did our Black Entrepreneurship Summit mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And you did the morning meditation. And your voice, speaking of the word and, and you reading the words, your voice was so amazing to folks in that space that when you finished, like, that was the comment takeaway. Like, Wow. Who did that meditation? Oh. She, I, we need to bring her back. Like that started the morning so key. And that was like the one feedback, like the whole room just kind of took a breath <sighs> after that. You know, when you finished, like there was a pause, like you could feel the energy in the room and everybody just was kind of like, wow, you could hear the mumbles of amazingness from that. And so oh. that, and that was, I think our first time working together. Wow. But that's why I'm always like, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel's my official meditator. <laughs> I love anything. that. If I can oh. find a way to, we need meditation, I got some, like, I'm calling you because. I love that. I just think it's so, and, and really, and, and this is, this is in my, my faith guides me on this. And this is, this is in the book of, I want to say in the book of Proverbs in reference to the tongue and how gentle the tongue needs to be. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I take that literally. If we can just be a little bit more kinder to each other, right, by what we say, it goes a long way. And sometimes by what we don't say and just Mm -hmm. being able to hold space. And I just, I love, I love being able to do that. So thank you for that. That is just, that is so validating. Um, mm, Because sometimes you, you wonder whether or not you're making a difference or not. 
And it's not really an ego thing. It's just that you don't want to waste your time wasting other people's time. No, I know. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, at least I don't. Uh, I don't. No, I, I don't. get that. And I, I feel that way when people say stuff about black girl. I'm like, people are actually like, <laughs> people actually like our stuff? Wow. Because <laughs> you feel like you're in a chamber of just like, I'm putting it out there. Hopefully yeah. someone gets it. So, yeah, until you look at the, the stats or someone says something and you're like, oh, wow. So I always try to pass on praise um, when I have praise to pass on because you don't hear it. And right. sometimes you just, you're just out there just putting right. good out and no one, you don't know if it's, if it's landing. Right. So, um, how can people find you? Yes. And we'll also put in the show notes, but just tell people who to follow, where you are. Yes. So my IG, um, is at rooted blossoms. So you can find me on Facebook as well with the same, uh, social media handle. My website is www dot that's three w's www.rootedblossoms.com okay. um they can find me there cool. so yeah yeah and i have to say one more thing yes. it's breath work so because i know that my one. yes because she will be listening and she'll be like oh how did you do this so um yoga therapy does four <laughs> things they do and i have to say this is asana pratyama which is what we call breath work yoga philosophy and meditation so those are the four tools that we utilize in terms of yoga therapy so I had to say that because cool. if she does not hear that we're just gonna edit that whole part right? out anyway, so she, we're never gonna get it right, right. <laughs> so thank you so much for thank joining you, me I'm Shana. so glad um if you if you enjoy what you're hearing and you're not on our email list definitely sign up so that you can get Danielle's med uh ah meditations every morning on Mondays to get you started with the week. Um, follow her, you know, just shout her out. If you see her, just show her some love. And uh, my guest today is Daniel Graham of Rooted Blossoms. And I, it's been such a pleasure. Oh, it's to a have pleasure. You on. Thank You're you, Shana. Thank you. Thank you. For thank everyone you. else, thanks for listening. And we will check you out next episode. Take care, guys. Thank you.